we're going to talk about the, the subject of, you know, you're, you're following your dreams and your goals, especially in seasons of uncertainty, and especially during the, the time that we're currently living in, you know, with COVID, it's very uncertain. And just, just navigating around those seasons of uncertainty, um, because it is so important that we, you know, do our best to live out our life's purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Truth Reveal podcast, where we host conversations that relate in order to reconcile as we reveal God's truth. I'm your host, Holly Harris, today, and I'm joined by my co-host, Latricia Peak, aka Sweet, and April Rivers. Yes, and we have an exciting show for you guys today. We have an amazing guest with us that is going to help us talk about this topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, And basically, it's centered around your dreams, your purpose, and your goals, and navigating those seasons of uncertainty. So with us today, we have Ruthina Porterfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, she's another one of our college friends. Um, I, I told our last guest that by the time the truth reveal is over, probably everybody uh, from uh, COS will <laughs> be, be on the show. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, but we do, we have some amazing friends that have amazing stories and testimonies that we feel will be valuable to our listeners. So um, again, today we're going to talk about the the subject of, you know, you're you're following your dreams and your goals, especially in seasons of uncertainty, and especially during the the time that we're currently living in, you know, with COVID, it's very uncertain. And just just navigating around those seasons of uncertainty, um, because it is so important that we, you know, do our best to live out our life's purpose. So with that said, again, we have Ruthina on today to help us with this topic. Ruthina is, uh, she lives in Los Angeles, California. She is an actress. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, She's an actress. (laughs) And uh, Ruthina, she made her television debut on the episode of her, uh, that was her first uh, debut was on an episode of America's Court. Later, she graced the stage with the further adventures of Hida Gab- Gabler in her Gabler. theater debut. Yeah, am I saying it right? <laughs> in her it, theater. It's Hida Gabler. Hida Gabler. Okay. In her theater debut. Since then, she has been in a, a variety of plays, indie films, and shorts. Her most uh, recent stage role was in the award-winning Clyborne Park, where she received great reviews. Ruthina is also an author of several published articles and an inspirational blog. Uh, and her memoir, Liberated from the Hill, will be released in 2021. So got that memoir coming out. Yeah. Okay. And also she is soon to be a podcaster. Um, that'll she'll be launching that. It's called Liberated Conversations with Ruthina. And she's launching that on her birthday, which is all. 
uh, August the 17th, if I can talk right tonight. <laughs> so she's doing a lot of exciting things and she has an amazing story. So I want to just really get started into her telling her story of faith. Uh, first of all, when Ruthina first, you know, kind of came to us, her, you know, college friends and told us what she was doing, I thought she was crazy. But <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> my Lord, if that's what you feel, then go forth, go forth, daughter. So, <laughs> but I just want her to get into Ooh. telling her story. And um, basically, she, you know, uh, was here in college and decided to move to California to um, pursue her dream in acting. And um, so I just want her to start by telling her story, telling her first reactions that she felt when, when she got that first impression from God telling her, okay, I need you to go. And then just right. kind of tell us about, you know, that, uh, her, that initial reaction to that first impression <laughs> and then <laughs> the practical steps that she had to take and the moments, the hard times, some of the difficult moments that you had uh, and ha- had to focus and, and get through, as well as some of the strides that you've made towards the fulfillment of your dream. So I'm going to let her just start off with that first initial impression that she, when she felt the Lord say go. Um, you know, I think it's, it's important to say first that I always knew I wanted to be an actress. That wasn't, um, that wasn't something that came up out of nowhere. Um, when I was a little girl, that was something I knew I was going to do. Now there were some five steps and interventions and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that by I got to UNC Charlotte, it was like, oh, I best major in business administration because that's where money is. <laughs> so, um, so I remember about three and a half years in, and we all know three and a half years into college, you're close to graduating. Yeah. Three and a half years in, I was sitting in an econ class mm-hmm. and I had no idea what the professor was saying. I had no idea what the work was. I was completely confused. And I was like, um, this is off. I'm leaving. And I got up in the middle of the class and I left and I changed my major (laughs) and I changed it to communication. I wanted to change it to drama, which was originally what I wanted to major in. Um, but like I said, it was being practical. Right. Um, so I changed it to communications. And at that point, I knew that at some point I was going to end up in L.A. I knew that there was no question. I knew at some point how or when was still kind of up in the air. Right. Mm -hmm. So I buy a house with one of my best friends whose name happened to be Faith. Uh So (laughs) Faith, some way, shape or form has been in my life and very close to my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I bought the house and I remember sitting down and talking with her and saying, as we were doing the paperwork, I was like, you know, Faith, I'm not going to be here long. I don't know when or what, but I know that I'm not going to be here long. So we need to set this up in a way that gives me an out. And mm-hmm. she was like, are you sure? And she said, okay, yeah. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so we set it up in a way that gave me an out. And about three years later, I am. I have gone through a lot of stuff, gotten a bomb job, Mm -hmm. living well, you know, and then 
God starts saying here and there, yeah, you're leaving, you're leaving before <laughs> your next birthday, you're leaving, you're leaving. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, sure. And look, I got to you May of 2006, the heavier it felt. You're going to leave soon. You're going to leave soon. And then it turned into, okay, go. And I was like, um, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I just kind of dismissed it because at that point I was like, well, I'm making money now. You know, I'm, I'm starting life now. I'm about to hit at that point, 29, like life seems great. Right. And then you guys, I was in my office and a girl who had been on vacation for like, I don't know, for weeks. I didn't even notice her like that. We worked in different departments. She came into my office. She was like, hey, Ruthina, I don't know why, but I really feel like I need to tell you where I've been. I was like, okay, great. So she starts talking to me about how she started this business in Africa. And she goes on doing all of this. And as she's talking to me, God is saying through her, do you hear the reckless abandon? Do you hear the faith in everything that she's saying? This is where you're supposed to be. Go. Like I hear her very clearly saying all of this go as she's talking to me. I can't tell you what, all I know is the business has something to do with animals in Africa. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't remember the girl's name. This was some white. I remember, I remember it clearly because it was a white girl and I was like, so you're starting a business with animals in Africa. Okay. Wow. And so we were talking and God started speaking. By the time the conversation was over, my mind was made up. Okay, cool. I'm going. When do you want me to go? He says in August. I was like, yeah, it's May. Oh, <laughs> That's man. three months from now. And he's like, yeah, I know what I said and I know what I meant in August. And I was like, cool. Okay. At this point, it still doesn't really seem real. It's just an idea, right? It's, it's still just like God saying something and you're all excited and you're like, okay, let's do this. And so immediately after I got off that same day, I went straight to the library, UNC Charlotte's library. Mm -hmm. And I got on the computer and I started researching, right? Moving to LA, Los Angeles apartments, all this stuff. And then I start seeing the prices. And then I start seeing how much it costs to move. And then I start seeing what it's like to get jobs in LA. And I'm like, hand to God, this is what I said. Oh, oh, you must have met New York, right? Oh, you met me before. Okay, cool. I'll come back tomorrow and we'll just start over. And so I literally got up from the computer, went to the step. I don't know how much you guys remember of the library at UNC Charlotte, but mm -hmm. they had those steps at the back. And I went to the steps. And as I was taking the first step, God said, you know, good and well, that's not what I said. Turn around, go back to that computer and start this thing again. Oh went back to the computer. I was like, fine. And so I started the process. And at that point, it really started sinking in. He's dead serious. He wants me to go. I'm like, cool. Okay, let's do this. I'm single. I have no kids. Why be scared about this? Let's just do it. Um, I'll have a job. I asked for a job transfer. And I knew God was serious because when I asked for the job transfer, the district manager said to me, Oh my gosh, I was just telling my superior about you. Mm. 
serious for real. Darn it. And so um, so everything got started. And then I was like, okay, well, God, um, talk about practical steps. I was like, okay, God, well, I want to get out to LA, scope, kind of scope the area, um, maybe get my apartment set up and everything so that when I actually move, everything's done, right? Because y'all know I'm a planner. I'm a very strategic planner. And God, I remember sitting in the Wendy's, I was sitting in the Wendy's, going through all this plan in my head. And God was like, no, that's no, that's not, no, that's not how you're going to do it. You're going to pack your car up and you're going to hit the road. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, huh? And he said, yeah, you're packing your car up and you're going to hit the road. Everything that fits in your car goes and whatever doesn't fit goes away. Wow. So I battled with him for a little bit. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like this. And just like you, yes, I was like, this, like, this is crazy. What the freak? Like, this is crazy. And he said, and this is what got me. Oh, I get teary eyed because I love him so much. He said, you got to be okay with it just being me and you. Because mm. right now it's about to me, just me and you. I was like, wow. okay, cool. And I was good with that. Like that was enough. That was enough for me. That just to hear him and to feel, to feel him, um, to feel that love and that security of his, of his voice and of his command and like to know that I would be okay. Cause yeah, it's just me and him. Like, darn it. Let's do this. Let's do this. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the practical steps went out the window. It really did. And, um, he, he really had me study the story of Abraham, um, as I was preparing for the move and people forget that these are real people in the Bible. These aren't just stories mm-hmm. that we're reading, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, he told Abraham to leave everything that everything. he knew. Everything <laughs> that he knew. Yeah. His life, everything. He was like, take your wife and go. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, Abraham was old. And like he was 20. Right. <laughs> Abraham <true>. was <laughs> old. So he had lived an entire life right. with his wow. family and yeah. had started you know, back then career wasn't a term, but he was doing what he, he knew to do. Mm-hmm. And God was like, yeah, I want you to move. And then he tells him and go someplace and I'll tell you where to go. Just, just start going. Start right. Going. Just go. <laughs> no sense of direction. <laughs> like nothing, just, just go. So, um, so yeah, I really did a huge, huge study on him and his life and that really kind of carried me through. Um, telling people was not, it, w- it was, was it difficult? It wasn't difficult, um, but I knew, I think it wasn't difficult because I knew what to expect. I knew I was going to get a lot of crazy. The only person that didn't, um, that didn't tell me I was crazy was um, one of my good friends. I call her my niece, Keila, and she, and she was like, yeah, like, <laughs> what else? Yeah, of course that's what you want to do. <laughs> wow. Um, but mostly everyone else was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was, it's, I, 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 
I always try to let people know that my story is my story, right? This is my story, my testimony, right? So practicality went out the window for me. That doesn't mean it goes out the window for everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. Just for whatever reason, God has taken the practicalities of life out of the equation for me. And it's been like that since I moved to LA. Wow. So... Okay. So tell us about like some of the, you know, the hard moments that you had, you know, going out there and, you know, expecting (laughs) one thing, because, you know, I I did read your blog, the uh, one called living, living the dream. It was very insightful, very relatable. And so I just want you to kind of go into more, you know, detail as much as you want to, as it relates to what you experienced when you moved out there. Um, I experienced hell within 48 hours. Um, of arriving. I, um, because it was nothing like what I expected. I, um, I came out here thinking that I'm still a planner, right? So in Mm -hmm. my mind, I'm like, well, I have a job. I have money saved. I have a car. So I got out here on a Wednesday. The plan was by Friday, I will will have secured an apartment. Um, probably move in that Monday, something like that. Um, I was fully aware of how expensive it was to live out here. I wasn't aware of what you get for your money. You get nothing for your money. (laughs) Um, But I was fully aware how much it would be. Um, And the first 24 hours went pretty much as planned. I had a couple of meetings to start, you know, the transfer. And I went downtown LA, which I thought was the dirtiest place on the planet. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I picked up some apartment books or whatever. And I was like, yeah, let's start this. That was, yeah, that was that Thursday. Um, shout out to Noel, um, our friend Noel. Noel was kind of with me the, the whole, that first, I'll say the first five days, she was on the phone constantly oh, wow. with me, kind of directing me. She, it was funny. She was literally on the computer pulling up like map quests and I would tell her the intersections where I was (laughs) and she would put it in and be like, okay, there's a hotel here. Okay. Where are you now? Turn right, turn left. Like she was really, really kind of directing me, um, 3000 miles away. Um, It was really crazy. Cause you got to remember, I didn't know a soul when I got out here. I didn't even know someone who knew someone when I got out here. It was just, me and Jesus, like it really was Oof. that. Um, <laughs> so I really, and I came out here completely blind. And so, um, yeah, we were online a lot. Um, so it went as planned the first day. By Friday, when I was apartment hunting, my, my, now I know it was my spirit, but it started to click that I wasn't going to find an apartment then. Wow. And I was like, wait, but, um, I need, I can't spend a hundred dollars on a hotel every, like what the freak. Mm. Um, and I remember by Friday afternoon going into evening, I pulled to the side of the road and I was bawling. Wow. I was bawling. And I was like, God, what did you do? You brought me all the way out here. What the freak are you doing? <laughs> um, and so Friday went by, um, Saturday, uh, let me fast forward. Basically, 
I didn't get an apartment until November 1st. I got here on August 10th. I didn't have an apartment until November 1st. However, but let me show you how God works. This is how crazy it is. God ensured that I got a spiritual home first before Mm. I got a physical home. You guys, less than a month, I'll say three and a half weeks went by before I had my church that I'm a member of right now. Wow. And it's like, and now I, I realize, of course, that for him, my most, the most important thing to, for him was for my spirit to be taken care of. He's mm. like, I got you everything else. Like, I got, I got what you need. I'm your dad. Like, I'm your father. Like, of course, mm. I want to take care of you. I need you to understand the importance of your spirit. I need you to understand that it's important that your spirit is taken care of specifically and particularly in seasons like this, where you have Mm. no idea what you're doing. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea what's happening. The most important thing for you to take care of at that point is your spirit. And the only way you're going to take care of your spirit in times like that is by letting God handle all of the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it took a minute for me to get that. It, I, wow. it's, it took a while. Like it took a long time. Um, I, the way he provided was very different, very strange. Um, I, before I got my apartment, uh, and I'll give you this quick story. Cause I don't want to give a bunch of stories. You know what I mean? I don't want to take mm-hmm. up you guys time like that. Um, but I think this is important just as an example how of, of understanding that God works in ways that you, he's an, understanding the infinite characteristic of God. Mm-hmm. I think people need to really begin to grasp that God is infinite. And I think that is how we truly comprehend the verse where it says his ways are higher than our ways. His mm-hmm. thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, our minds are confined to our, by our own experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Our experiences tend to determine our perspective and our opinions of the way things work. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, with me, I had, I ended up finding a hotel, yada, yada, yada. And after about a month, I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm tired of this. This is a lot of money coming out. You need to give me an apartment. Thank you for Faithful Central Hollywood. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Faithful Central is my church that I'm. Okay. You no, know, I'm, I'm great. Even that was a whole. The way that God led me to that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I thank you for Faithful Central. That's great, but um, I need someplace to stay. Right. So I told God, we have a lot of conversations like this. I said, God, I'm done. This is exactly how I said it. I'm done staying in this hotel. I'm checking out and you need to tell me where to go. That's what I said to him. And I said that to him at the beginning of the week. And I'm sure he laughed just the same way you laughed. (laughs) Like this chick. Okay. Um. And so I said that at the beginning of the week. And I remember I went to work and I told my coworker, I was like, she was like, so listen, have you found an apartment yet? I was like, no, but I'm about to be up out this hotel. I know that. Mm. Or a motel. Because I was staying in a cheap motel, like a $25, $50. Like I was staying in a cheap motel. Oh, wow. um, and, um, and it was coming to the end of September at that point, And I was done. 
And she was like, so where are you going to go? And I am, all of my friends will tell you that I am unapologetically a Jesus lover. I'm an unapologetic Jesus lover. Mm-hmm. So when, um, when she asked me, I don't care if you say it or not, he's the love of my life. So the way you talk about your husband, I'm going to talk about him. <laughs> and so um, when she asked me, I said, yep, I'm about to check out this old, out, out this motel and um, God just going to have to do something. How about that? And <laughs> she was like, so you don't know where you're going? I was like, nope, but I guess God knows. And she was like, okay, Lucina, okay. Um, meanwhile, there is a young lady who had just been hired about a couple of days before that conversation. The next day, she approaches me. I had met her in passing. You know how it is in corporate America. You meet somebody in passing that just starts and you may or may not see them, that type of thing. Um, she approaches me and she says, hey, Ruthina, um, so you don't have an apartment? And I said, no. And she said, I heard you talking with my friend, um, the coworker. And she said, so me and my husband are going away to Mexico for the weekend. If you'd like, when you check out, you can come and stay at our house. And I was like, wow, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's really nice. But you don't have to, you know, I kind of dismissed it. And she was like, well, I'll tell you what, let me go talk to my husband. Yada, yada, yada. She goes, talks to her husband. Next day, she comes back, hands me her phone number and says, hey, we want you to come stay. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I took the number and put it somewhere. And later that day, she came back to me. She said, you know what? Why don't we exchange numbers? Let me get your number. So just so, you know, we have each Uh other's information. I was like, okay, sure. Gave her my number. Friday comes. And at that point, I think I had thrown the number, her number away. I had tossed it by that point because I had no intention. I didn't know her. (laughs) You guys, some chick that you don't know from Adam walks up to you and we are from the oh, South. We are, this is a racial time. So let's be real. We are from the South. We are black. Mm-hmm. If a white woman walks up to you and says, Hey, we're leaving for the weekend. Come stay at our house. Like realistically. <laughs> No, I understand. I, look, I'm gonna let you tell your story, girl. But you was homeless, and you asked God. <laughs> Come on now, That's and he was making a way. I wasn't. I I wasn't feeling that way. and you know what? A lot of it is pride too. A lot of it mm. is pride. Wow. Um, and so by Saturday, I packed up the car. And I went and I checked out and I'm driving around the road. I was like, okay, God, what's up? Like, what are we going to do? And my mm-hmm. plan was to go to Crenshaw Mall and just kind of hang out. So something kind of came to me. So I went to go get gas. And as I was driving back from the gas station, my phone rang. And it's the, wow. the girl. And she says, hey, we're about to leave. Um, when are you coming? Like, if you're <laughs> coming now, it would be great. And I told her, I said, hold on, let me pull over. And I pulled over and God was like, that's me. That's me. Mm. And here's the thing. God really started speaking to me in a different way when I got to LA. Because again, it's just me and him. 
he didn't really used to speak that that clear. Well, yeah, he spoke clearly, but not like that conversational type, responsive mm. type way. Now our relationship is so that we talk. Does that make sense? Like we mm-hmm. we talk. And I can, I'm getting to the place now where I can even distinguish, distinguish between it being God, my father and God, the Holy spirit. Like I'm getting now to a place where I can even distinguish those two things. Um, Mm -hmm. and so he was like, that's me. Crap. So got the directions, went to her and went to her house, met her husband, met her daughter. They handed me the keys, gave me some instructions about food and stuff. And they left. They left wow. this strange girl That's that they no one and just went to Mexico. And I remember I was mm. sitting on the couch, like, okay. <laughs> like just <laughs> wow. what do you do? And me being Southern, um, I refused to eat any of their food. I went <laughs> to the parking and got all this stuff and everything. It was crazy. Um, by the way, that young lady is who I call my California sister. She, um, in fact, I have spent the last two Thanksgiving with her. Um, wow. she lives wow. in Seattle. She, um, for the last couple of years, she has bought me plane tickets to come to the outside of Seattle in, in Washington to spend Thanksgiving with her and her family. Her daughter is like my niece. Um, we wow. are wow. still look at Jesus. What would they do? Um, yeah practicality went out the window you guys it's just (laughs) and it's been out the window ever since is if you read the blog i mean when god tells you that's your last regular job that you're ever going to have in life it's like wait what what like Mm. um i mean my god i haven't had a full-time job since 2008 i haven't Mm. had a regular job since 2008. That's Lord, crazy. We're just out here living reckless, y'all. I wanted to ask Ruthina one thing or, or just mention something. Talking about the practicality because we know, uh, and I don't want to just put this on race and culture, but just particularly for oh, African American, when you got that good job, Okay. Good job. Oh, you got, they got the good job. Well, you got a house. <laughs> we <laughs> think that is stable stability. Yes. We are stable families here around here. Taking risks, we don't like that. <laughs> you mm. know, how did you, and I, and I know you heard from the Lord, but how were there other things in your life that kind of prepared you to be the type of person that yeah. was able to kind of turn your mind to where? you felt like basically that was maybe a false sense of security as far as the stable job and the stable house. Like, you know, to say that, um, you know, practicality uh, was not, when you finally got to say, well, practicality is, is a, what do you call it? Relative, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And that your life was going to be different. Like Mm -hmm. what happened to make your mind shift and not be going along with everybody else? It's like, I got a good job. I got this. I got that. Like, why? You know, I hope I formulated Um, that right. You know what? 
definitely my, my relationship with him. But you guys witnessed a lot of it. The first crazy thing that God told me to do was go back to UNC Charlotte. Um, you got to remember, you know, you all, That's right. all of you were in mm. state. All of you yeah. were in state. I was out of state. Oh, um, yeah. all, my closest friends were in South Carolina going to USC. Um, mm-hmm. the, and I have to say, because there'll probably be some California people watching this. When I say USC, I mean the University of South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the real USC. No, I'm just playing. The real original <laughs> USC. That's over two baby. centuries old. Yes, Carolina baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, I I had no idea how I was going to pay for that. Like, mm. and you and again, you guys witnessed it. Every mm. semester for me was a financial wow, yeah. scare. It was yeah. always a scare. Holly, you you was it you and Sweet? I think Holly, remember that semester where I was home and I had decided because I didn't have the money to come back. Oh, I was yeah. like, screw this. I'm not coming. Screw it. I, if this is what I'm supposed to do. And God kept saying, are you on crack? You're going <laughs> back. You're going back. Cause I couldn't get anyone to take me. And I yeah. came from, I came from a family. God bless them. <laughs> but faith ain't exactly the, the, they love Jesus or whatever, mm-hmm. but faith ain't exactly the, it's, it's very practical with them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, me going to UNC Charlotte was already kind of a point of contention with them. So getting someone to take me back to school was out just difficult. No one wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, screw it. I didn't know. And sure enough, what happened? Shamika calls me and she says, where are you? And, mm-hmm. and in her mind, it was inconceivable that the only reason I wouldn't come back to school was because I didn't have a ride. Like that didn't even <laughs> make sense. Wow. And so God started even then kind of planting those seeds. And um, the it started, my faith began to grow then back in college because when I first got back to UNC Charlotte, every semester was like, oh my God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> but every single semester he came through. So that by the time I got to like the third year, I didn't even think about it anymore. It was, okay, so what's the balance? Okay, so you got this? All right, so, and j- just keep it moving. I It, it was growing then. And I mm-hmm. think it's so important for us. You know, we often talk about, you hear those old those old lines, um, you know, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, people say all that stuff all the time, but I think they just, they don't, it doesn't settle because if you truly believe it, you don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't think about it. And, and UNC at UNCC, that's when that kind of really settled in where mm-hmm. I would see thousands because it wasn't hundreds of dollars that I owed. It would be mm-hmm. $3,000, $5,000. Financial aid was not like it would be nothing like tons of money. And yeah. God would just just cover it. It would be. I get a check here or something would come through, just all kinds of stuff. So, so it started being built then it really started being built then. But the important piece to understand is that I took it in. I didn't just mm-hmm. dismiss it as God came through. Yay. It was, Oh, mm-hmm. you're for real. 
Like yeah. I took it as him really establishing who he was. Mm. His, you know how here's a great, you know how you're in a relationship and you always want the guy to prove who he is, right? That consistency, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he was doing for me. Mm-hmm. Settling his how consistent mm, his consistency. Yes. And yes. once he established that, I was like, okay, cool. So that by the time he told me to go, yeah, we fought a little bit. We argued a little bit. But I'm sure, I'm sure sometimes he's like, okay, are we really going to go through this again? Like, you're going <laughs> to do it. So, yeah. And a lot of times I just say to him, but I just got to get it out. You just, just got to get it out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us about some of your, like your first no, like when you went on that auditioning process and how that was and when you got your first yes as well. You know, guys, I was really blessed. Um, My first audition I got. Um, I was really really blessed. Now there've been a lot of no, there've been a lot of no's since for sure. Um, the, The first audition and and the thing about it is I didn't even expect to get it. Um, the role on the on the show came again. I really didn't expect to get it because it was a ton of people, like a ton mm. of people in the room. Wow. And I was like, OK, I don't have anything on my resume. I got a black and white headshot. Like, I'm going to just go for the experience. Mm-hmm. And when they told me that I got it, I was like, oh, wow. OK. Um, and then the first play, again, again, like I said, I was just really, really blessed. This isn't mm-hmm. everybody's story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first play I went to, um, I remember sitting in the car before I went into that audition. Mm-hmm. And the mantra came to me that I use to this day. And the mantra is, do your best, let God do the rest. Mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. had a very clear understanding about this business, even from a young age, mm-hmm. that it's not about you. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of times yeses and no's are not based on what you present. Yeses and no's are based on what they need. Mm-hmm. And what you present may not be what they need. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not talented, you're not good enough, you're not this or you're not that. Gotcha. A lot of times it really is just that what you presented is not what they need. Gotcha. And so, um, and so I really, I went in that first audition for the play, got it. Um, the thing about no's here in LA and in this industry is that no's come in the form of no response. That's what the no's are. <laughs> <laughs> you just say it comes, it comes when three days go by and you don't hear anything. Or a week mm. goes by and you don't hear anything. That's that's how the no's come. And I think those are very unsettling because mm-hmm. you still have this hope, right? You have yeah. this hope. And it at some point you have to let go of the hope. And that's what makes the industry so difficult. And mm. that's what feeds out a lot of people. The fact that you're really thinking, even though two days go by. You're thinking, well, maybe, well, maybe, well, maybe I have gotten to the point and you guys know me well enough to know that I have very thick skin. Um, 
I have gotten to the point where I can walk in, do what I need to do and walk out. If I don't hear anything within 48 hours, I move on. Mm. And so, um, so that's how I pretty much handle it. Now there have been roles (laughs) that I have really, really wanted. Mm. I have really, really wanted and didn't get. And it was disappointing, but not heartbreaking. I I haven't had a heartbreaking disappointment yet because again, I just, I understand Mm. how the industry works. My heartbreak comes with the fact of, okay, God, it's been how many years? What's up? Like, Mm. where's the breakout role? Where's the, like, where's the big thing or whatever? What's up? Um, That's where my thing has come. It it hasn't been not getting a specific role or a specific show or anything like that. It really just has been how, 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 what's the thing? How long God, when God, when, when rent is due and Mm. it's like, okay, um, what's up? You know, when, when bills are coming up and like I said in the blog that you read, look, I could be home. Like I could be, <laughs> I could be in Charlotte because I love acting so much. So mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that I would do it, just do it. Like I'm cool with the fact, with the stuff that I've done so far, because I love to act. It, I love it. It's something that I, it's a passion. So mm-hmm. everything I've done up to this point, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I love it. So I could, I, I'm like, okay, God, you know, I can do some community stuff in Charlotte, you know, because I'm not going back to Charleston. But I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, but I've let go. I completely let go of that. Just that whole idea of coming back, um, coming back to Charlotte. Um, I constantly get asked, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? I constantly, last year, which was a very tough year for me, um, my, I call her my Charlotte mom. I remember she said it was the first time she showed doubt mm-hmm. about what I know God has said. And she said, and I had to cut her off. And when I cut her off, she got it. But she said, you know, you've been out there for over 10 years. You could go to Atlanta and do it. the practical stuff, mm-hmm. the practical, right. you know, you know, you really need to think about this. You're out there struggling and you need to do this. And I'm like, you need to stop. And I had to cut, I had to stop and cut her off because I knew it was it, like my spirit, the weight of my spirit just turned. It, it mm. Just hearing it, my spirit was like, you need to stop. Because the thing about faith is that any, any seed, there's good seed, and there's bad yeah. seeds. Yeah. And any little thing can shake it. Mm-hmm. And I had to cut it. I had to cut it off. And it's like, and I stopped her and she said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we went through the conversation. And I get it. It's crazy, you guys. I totally get it. You can look at my life and go, but Rubina, like, it can be so much easier. It could be so much better. You could be married with kids and all of this stuff right now. And I'm like, but I'm so at peace right now. Like I can't, 
Yeah. I cannot explain to you the peace that I have, the like, you know, we're in this COVID season and everyone would, it's a very, very difficult financial time mm-hmm. for everyone. And I've gotten to this place. I was talking to our brother, Teray. I was talking to Teray and I said, I, I, I struggle to, to talk with a lot of people because people don't understand this kind of peace. Mm. I can't, I can't tell you how my rent has been paid in the apartment that I have for the last, since 2011. I can't tell you. I, mm. I can, I can, if I sat down, honest, I can't tell you. I have no, wow. I can tell you how funds have come through a few times, but it's just too much to think like mm-hmm. how he came through every month. I, I have no idea. Mm. You know, wow. I'm living in a very, ex- I'm not, not living in Beverly Hills by any means, but I'm living, <laughs> I'm living in a, in an area that is, um, if you saw the blog, you saw the picture. Did you see the picture? I um, believe so yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not Compton. Let's just say that it's, it's not Compton. <laughs> straight out of Compton. <laughs> straight out of Compton. Which by the way, you guys, is not as bad as people say it's not. Um, <laughs> just yeah. a lot of, there's so many misconceptions, which I think we'll probably get to. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. What, what do you feel is people's misconceptions that they may have about Hollywood and going out there and that sort of thing? Um, the first and most annoying misconception <laughs> for me is this idea that everyone that's on TV is a millionaire. That's mm, BS. Got you. I have very close friends, um, al- almost like family. They're not, they're not COS level yet, but <laughs> they're, <laughs> like, they're almost like, they're almost like family. Um, but very close people in my life in the industry faces that you would recognize names that you would recognize and I watched them struggle I I was really blessed to and this is all a part of the story um the people that God strategically placed in my circle he placed in my circle at times in their life where I was able to witness the struggle Mm. where I was able to see these people walk down the street and people come up to them and go, oh my gosh, can I take a picture? You know, and then back home and struggle to try to figure out how they're going to pay their mortgage and how they're going to, um, I have, I have witnessed. So I've seen car houses taken. Mm. I have seen from names that wow. you, faces that you recognize. Um, I have seen, um, it's, it's just such a common misconception and it annoys me that people, I hate when people go, oh, um, I don't understand how they went broke. I don't understand how they didn't have no money. No, the way that the, way that the finances work in this industry mm-hmm. is straight up mess. Is straight wow. up mess. Actors are the bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't. That's a big misconception. Um, the an, another annoying misconception is the person that you see on TV is the person that they are. 
That's mm-hmm. an annoying misconception yeah. for me. <laughs> it drives me up the wall. Wow. Um, we're actors. Right. Yeah. Ruthie, listen yeah. to me. Claire mm-hmm. Hux, uh, there's no Felicia Rashad. It's Claire Huxtable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. No. Oh. Um, no. A good example, because uh, I think, Holly, did you see my reel? The w- I think that she sent me to your uh, website. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. And the first, the first line out of my mouth would shock most of it, most <laughs> of you, uh, most of everyone who knows me. But it's called acting. It's it's yeah. it's, it's acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's the common misconception as far as this. That's the industry, and there's so many others, but those are my two biggest ones. Ones as far <laughs> as the um the cities. The city itself. Um, I think the one of the biggest, of course, is um, that straight out of Compton, uh, <laughs> Boys in the Hood, uh, what else? Ministers, all those things <laughs> that that just that just run rampant. <laughs> um, that now, decades after, it is so not like that at. All. Now there are areas, there are places. South Central is still crazy. Um, <laughs> I Watts is still kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Watts, and, and in fact, it was a Latino girl who took me, who lived in Watts, but she went to Fred Price's church, okay. and so she oh, yeah. she wanted me to go visit her church with her. I was like, cool, and then I had to take her home. And I was like, cool. And yeah, she was like, okay, so this is what I need you to do. And she started giving me directions as wow. far as where to turn, when to turn, like that type of thing. So Watts is still kind of a iffy mm. area. South Central is still kind of an iffy area. There's certain streets that are still, but the city of Compton is actually pretty nice. Um, I would compare mm. what black area is there in, in Charlotte. Um, Betty's Ford, the nice part of Betty's Ford Road. That's kind of what Compton is. Um, Crenshaw is Crenshaw. (laughs) Um, Crenshaw is very cultural. Um, it's very, very culturally black. Um, it's so that that part is crazy. I will say this though the first when I woke up. The next morning, because I got here on a Wednesday evening, when I woke up Thursday morning, mm-hmm. the first news story that I saw on the news <laughs> was how the government, the, the the city of Los Angeles government was taking over the Los Angeles Unified School District oh, wow. because it had gotten so crazy wow. that the city had decided, you know what? All of y'all fired. <laughs> We're wow. wow. <laughs> I was like, what have I been brought into? Wow. What, what is this craziness? Um, so yeah, there are common misses. And also, by the way, the whole idea of yeah, a lot of people do move here with mm-hmm. a bunch of dreams, and most of them leave, and I talked about this a little before. Most of them leave within a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, within two, three years. Wow. My plan was, my plan was actually be gone after three years. That was my plan. I told mm. God if I hadn't made it in three years, I was out. Wow. 
two and a half years, I was ready to go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> you was like, no. And it's so wow. funny. My um, my friends, uh, one, one of my industry friends, when we met, I told him how I was so ready to move because he met me at a really difficult time in my life here. And I said, I'm ready to go. And I only want to be here for three years and I'm done with LA. And he said, you know what, Rafina? I said the same thing. And I've been here for almost 20 years. Oh, Lord. Wow. <laughs> but wow. it's actually pretty successful. He's doing, he's, he's doing well. Um, he's wow. doing well now. But he, he was, he had spurts. And mm. that's what this industry is. It's spurts. Unless you hit it like Denzel or whatever. Yeah. But even Denzel has a story. Even mm-hmm. Morris Chestnut has a story. Even like all of these people, they have a story. Yeah. They have a story. And what you see is not what you get. There is a mm. whole back thing, backstory behind everything that you see in front of the camera. It's wow. God, I wish people understood that. These are human beings, man. This is so. Yes, she's mm. Claire Huxley, but she is Felicia shy and she is somebody's mama. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. There is a reason why her and Debbie Allen are sisters. Let me let me tell you. Like it is very clear that they are wow. sisters. Very clear. Wow. So. Next time on Truth Revealed. I want to ask you this since we <laughs> talked about the you mentioned about um basically the the wealth or, or of people thinking that, you know, everybody in Hollywood is rich. What uh, is, is two parts to this? I think part of the reason why people can think that is because it's like mirrors, when you see them portray, it always looks like they're at the top of wealth, that they're doing mm. these things and they're presenting themselves to the public and not that they're their fault. They're supposed to present themselves right. well. They have so to. We see them in always, it's kind of like, you know how Facebook is always like the best of ourselves. Like a lot of people or, or Insta, mm-hmm. Instagram, it's yep. the highlight reel. So we see them in the coming out the limo. We see them going to this uh, this party. We see them going to this. So in our mind, we're just in our little polo minds, you know, we're just mm-hmm. calculating that as well. Not that, yeah. you know, they got an yeah. energy behind them mm-hmm. that, that is, they're going in debt to maybe or people that, are, that they're basically having to go on a hole or somebody, yeah. some agent or somebody's doing this. How did you balance and, and you love Jesus, so I kind of halfway know part of this answer. <laughs> but how did you, I'm so have, ever, have you ever had to fight the the wanting to basically fake the funk or look the part mm. of what you're there to do. Mm. You know? Very good. Yeah. 